in your Bibles to the book of Numbers, chapter 14. Numbers 14. With God, all things are possible. Numbers, chapter 14. Numbers chapter 14, I want to start looking, I, I want to start looking at verse 26. How long shall I bear with this evil congregation which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the children of Israel which they murmur against me. Isn't that interesting? I don't think God likes murmuring. And these people are going to pay a price for murmuring. Uh, what, a, what a chapter. I hope we can get through all this. But uh, their murmurings. War wears God out. Wears Moses out. Verse 28. Say unto them as truly as I live. Verse 28. Saith the Lord. As you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. Verse 29. Look at that verse. I said this a little bit last week. Your carcasses. This is God speaking to the whole Israel nation. Your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness. And all that were numbered of you according to your whole number from 20 years old and upward, which have murmured against me. There's the word murmur again. Huh. Now listen, just to bring you up to snuff here. He has just, God has just had Moses send out 12 spies into the promised land. This is all part of God's plan. He wants to send out 12 faithful spies. They're going to go in. They're going to climb up on little hills and they're going to look down upon the cities. They're going to taste of the milk and honey and the grapes. They're going to do all that. They're going to come back and make a general report. And if you recall, this has all been God's plan in the beginning. I'm going to go into Egypt. I'm going to bring my people out, Moses, Red Sea, not yeah, Red Sea, and I'm going to take them into the wilderness, and then we're going to all go up into the promised land. I'm God. Is there anything I cannot do? So that's his plan. But when they when the spies come back, forty days, they come back, and ten of them say it can't be done. And these were the ten oldest and brightest and smartest. Can't be done. We cannot take our wives and children and families into the promised land. They're too big. That's saying that God's not big enough. They're too strong. That's saying that God's not strong enough. There, there's giants there. Who could stand up against the Lord? And on and on and on they said. And then the two youngest, Joshua and Caleb, Joshua and Caleb. Let's go. Let's go. We got the Lord. We got the power of his might. Look at what he's already done. And they all even want to stone them for being against 
the majority. Listen, especially we have some, some kids and youth in our church. Usually the majority is wrong. When you are outnumbered in this society, when you are outnumbered, usually the majority is wrong. And here's the expression to memorize. Me and the Lord, me and the Lord, we're the majority. Would you want to go into any, would you want to go into any fight with Jesus at your side? Oh my goodness, I feel like I have sometimes. So, the people voted to not do this. They're not going to do it. They want to go back to Egypt, where it was so much more comfortable. And I made the comment that so many times when we look back on our lives, we remember the suppers, but not the suffering. And they had tremendous sufferings when they were in Egypt. So God says, well, if that's going to be your answer, well, first of all, he says, I'm just going to kill him. Let me kill him. I'm going to kill him. And Moses says, no, Lord, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that, Lord. Don't kill them. Give them another chance. Well, after what's coming up, I don't know. Moses has got so much patience with these people. God's going to say it again. Get out of the way, Moses. I'm just going to kill them all and start over. Well, watch what happens. Verse 29, your carcasses shall fall in the wilderness and all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from 20 years and upward, you're all going to die. What the people do? People murmured. Verse 30, Doubtless, you shall not come into the land. You will not go into Israel. It's too late. I made my offer. What he's going to do is everyone 20 years and up were slaves working in the fields. He's going to raise up a people, give them 40 years to mature, and they've got, they, they've got the tabernacle of God with them, leading them everywhere. And they've got worship going on, and they've got teaching going on. And he's going to take the 19-year-olds and under and raise up a faithful, full of faith people so that when they go in to Jericho and they see how, how huge the, the city is and how it's all walled off and it's so it's impossible but they didn't think it was impossible because they were raised in faith and if when when we come upon our jerichos if we have been raised in faith or can increase our faith we know that nothing is impossible i should get an amen to that Nothing is impossible with the Lord. Nothing is impossible with the Lord. Amen. Now you agree with me, okay. <laughs> Verse 33, And your children shall wander in the wilderness forty years and bear your whoredoms until your carcasses be wasted in the wilderness. 
after the number of the days in which you searched out the land, 40 days for 40 years. I, the Lord, have said, I will surely do it unto all this evil congregation that are gathered together here. Verse 36, and the men which Moses sent to search the land, those 10 who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him bringing, by bringing up a slander upon the land. Even those men, those 10 men, and they were leaders. Those men that did bring up the evil report about the land, they died by the plague before the Lord that fast. So those 10 men died from Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephthah, which were of the men that went to search the land. They still lived. Now we have, I have this mental picture from some of these children uh, Bibles with pictures in them. And it shows little Joshua and little, uh, and little Caleb climbing up to the top of the mountain to, to view because, okay? But they weren't, they weren't little. They weren't little at all. They were probably in their 20s, 30s, or even 40s, someone said, 40s. So that's an amazing thought. I just give that out to you. Moses told these sayings unto the children of Israel, and the people mourned greatly. Well, I guess so. What? What did he say? Who? We're all just going to die? We're not going to get into the promised land. Well, what's this all about? What are they doing up there in that tent? Tabernacle was a tent. So, we have here one of the greatest sins of presumption in the Bible. And they rose up early in the morning, verse 40, and they got them up into the top of the mountain saying, Lo, we be here, and we will go into the, the place which the Lord told us, for we have sinned. Moses said, Wherefore now do ye transgress the commandment of the Lord, but it shall not prosper. Go not up. Watch, for the Lord is not among you, that you be not smitten before your enemies. Listen, never do anything until, unless, you, unless you know the Lord is with you. Don't go and do those things if you think the Lord's not with you. Don't try to make it right. Don't try to do anything without the Lord. So many stories go into my head. If one comes into focus, I might share. But, oh my goodness. I don't really care for I know the history of Martin Luther. Martin Luther was a Catholic priest that broke away, that uh, broke away from the Catholicism and built his own religion around his, around his beliefs of what the scripture was saying. But one of the things he did there was he kept bapt infant baptism when he protested and became the first protestant but the stories so many godly stories go on about martin luther 
the person. And he would, he would get up at four in the morning, sometimes three in the morning, and pray out loud in his, in his bedroom. And I guess his prayers were very loud and emotional and if you were in the next room, a little irritating. But they, they, th this one inn had Martin Luther as one of their guests. And another guest came and got up in the middle of the night and said, we're out of here. These walls have ghosts in them. But it was just Martin Luther getting God's will for his life, praying as best he could, doing the best he, he could with, with what he had, and starting another religion. They sent a little girl. They sent a little girl up one time to get him. Just a little seven or eight-year-old to go up to the upstairs and bring uh, Pastor Luther down to dinner. And she went up and she knocked on the door and said, dinner's ready. Okay. So she went back down and she said this. He's coming. And that other person's coming too. <laughs> because when he prayed, he prayed out loud. And it always seemed like he had somebody with him. Please don't ever try doing anything of importance without knowing the Lord is with you. Be very careful. Don't step out with, if you think the Lord isn't with you. These people, they'd already sinned greatly, one of the greatest sins of the Old Testament, to not follow God and to go into the promised land, to not have faith in God. If we have faith, we, we can... Kill our giants. You have giants in your life. With faith, we can kill our giants. King David killed his giant. And, not, and there were others that don't get much attention that killed the giants on faith. When King David was very, very old, he had a battle. And he went into battle. And there was one of the giants. And it says that he got down off the chariot and he started, he's very, very old, but he, he was fighting off the giant. Fighting off the giant and finally he got so weary, another man stepped down, an unknown man, a soldier, a hero of, of the people after that, and he finished off the giant. But David did everything, no, I can't say everything, can I? David did most of the good things he did with the presence of the Lord, living in the shadow of the Lord. And I just encourage you, these people, they're all going to die. Why? Because they went into battle with these other practiced, experienced soldiers. But they went in without the presence of the Lord. Be careful. It's a very big lesson here to learn. Verse 41 again. And Moses said, Wherefore, now do ye transgress the commandment of the Lord 
but it shall not prosper. Go not up, for the Lord is not among you, that ye be not smitten before your enemies, you're all going to die. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and you shall fall by the sword because you are Turn, you are turned away from the Lord. You're going to do it by yourself. You're not going to do it with, if you're not going to do it with him, you're going to do it by yourself. You're going to do it anyway. Sounds a little stubborn too, huh? They're called stiff-necked. They're called all kinds of names through, through the old and New Testament. Stiff-necked people. Here's their sin named. Verse 44. But they presumed to go up unto the hilltop. Nevertheless, the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord and Moses, their leader, departed not out of the camp. They went up without the Ark. They went up. They went up without their God-chosen leader. Somebody assumed rank and authority and led the army up against the Amalekites and the Canaanites. And what happens, verse 45? The Amalekites came down, the Canaanites which dwelt in the land in that hill, and smote them, that means kill, and discomfited them, and that means turn them, turn them back, even unto Hormah. Chapter 15, I'm not going to go verse by verse. Chapter 15, uh, God is going to remind them of the laws that he's already given them back with the Ten Commandments. And he's going to remind them of the furniture and the pots and the pans. And I don't want to spend our energy and our time learning that, that stuff. But I have a little note here about this presumptuous sin these people had. And it goes like this. Every what of God often is accompanied with a, a when. Every what of God is accompanied with a time, a date to do it. And after you've missed that date, that deadline, and you see that you're, you're, you're not prospering, now you're trying to do it. God gave you the chance. And he often uh, does not bless that. They left their leader and the ark at camp, and they got ahead of God, and the consequences are defeat. Chapter 15, we have pictures and memorials versus chapter 15 and I want to jump over here to some interesting laws though I thought were interesting chapter 15 verse 27 if any soul sin through ignorance then he shall bring a she goat of the first of the first year a young she goat for a sin offering and the priest shall make an atonement for the soul that sinneth Ignorantly, I didn't mean to. I didn't know it was wrong. Now here's the deal. Here's Moses out in the desert with a million people. 
And there's got to be rules, there's got to be disciplines, or these people, are, and they are, they're still, they're going to go crazy. Anyone who does it ignorantly shall give an atonement. The last verse and uh, the last words in 28, and it shall be forgiven him. And you shall have one law for him that sinneth through ignorance, both for him and those that are strangers that have come along. But the soul, verse 30, is what I'm trying to get at. Oh, look at verse 30. Verse 30 is a scary thing. So many of God's people are doing wrong. They know they're disobeying God, but they're going to do it anyway. And again, uh, again, who's your authority? Is God your authority? Is Christ your authority? Or are you your own authority? Are you his bonnie king for a day, queen for a day? Your lesson this morning to the kids. I, I point this out to you because we're now going to talk about presumptuously sinning. That means knowing what you're doing or planning to do is wrong by God's standards. And you do it anyway. Watch what happens. But the soul, the person that doeth ought or sins presumptuously, whether he be born in the land or whether he's somebody else, because he hath despised, what's he despising? The word of the Lord. He knows what God's word says about something and he disobeys it. So what should be that penalty? Because he hath despised the word of the Lord and has broken his commandment, that soul shall utterly be cut off. His iniquity shall be upon him. And while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they found a man that was guilty of something terrible. Gathering sticks on the Sabbath. Now, now again, discipline of the people, the rules must be obeyed if you've got a million people. And literally, he went out on a day that he knew it was wrong to do that. And he went out and did it anyway, and they caught him, and they killed him. Because he sinned, knowing it was wrong, but he took it upon his own self to make excuse. He found that he, he, he took it upon him, him, his own self to uh, try to make excuses for it, and he got caught doing something he knew it was wrong verse 34 and they put him in ward that means they kind of imprisoned him because it was not declared what should be done and the Lord said unto Moses this man shall be surely put to death for the sin of picking up sticks on the Sabbath we would say nowadays no big deal at all but in those days, trying to rule the millions of people that were there with him, that was a transgression of something he knew was wrong. 
And the Lord said, This man shall be put to death. And they stoned him with stones. And all the congregation brought him without the camp, verse 36, and they stoned him. Another verse. Look at verse 39. It shall be unto you for a fringe. Oh, he's telling them that they are to wear fringes about them. Little, uh, maybe lace, we might call it, on, the, on their hands, on their, on their shirts, if they had shirts. That's all. But they are, this is something new. And God tells them, I want you to change the way you dress and to decorate yourself so that when you, when you are dressing, you will remember me. So important because so many of us, we, we, only, think of him on, we only think of him on Sunday, so many of us. And this is a way God did for them to dress so that when they looked at each other, they were reminded. And when they were putting on their own clothing, they were reminded. And I like this one phrase I want you to see with me. Verse 39. It shall be unto you for a fringe that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and do them. And that ye seek not your own heart. And seek not your own heart and your own eyes, after which you used to go a whoring or you were committing sin that way. So, that ye may remember and do all thy commandments and be holy unto your God. I am the Lord your God which brought you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. Now, I am is an expression Jesus used and it made all the soldiers fall backward. It's a powerful, powerful expression. We get to chapter 16. This is one... Of chapter 16, this is one of the greatest rebellions in the Bible by supposedly a Christian man. His name was Korah, K-O-R-A-H. He was a Levite, but that wasn't enough for him. He rebelled against Moses and Aaron and he was a very, I don't think that Moses is a very good speaker, to be honest with you. The Bible says that he was a very meek man, but he must have been surrounded with many who were not. And when people raise their voices up against a leader, when they complain, when they murmur against a leader of theirs, often what they're saying is, I know more than you do. I am better than you. And that's what happened here. But Korah was such an excellent spokesman. And Korah raises an army to come against, to come against Moses. It's an interesting story. It's going to end in the earth opening up swallowing Korah 
and 250 of his followers. And then fire belching out of the hole and then closing back up again. That's what's going to happen here with Korah's rebellion. But these people, the rest of the people, the rest of the congregation, they had the audacity to blame Moses for it. You remember a few chapters back, Moses said to God, I can't take it anymore. I just can't take all this complaining and murmuring. and I, I, I just can't take it anymore. And God says, actually, Moses said, kill me. I don't want to be here anymore. And instead, God gave him 70 wise men to help him lead. I'm thinking some of these 70, if not all of them, were involved in this, this, this rebellion that's about to take over all the leadership. So, having said that, I'd like for you to start with me in chapter 16. Number 16, verse 1. Now, Korah, the son of Izhar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took, they took men, and they rose up before Moses with certain of the children of Israel, 250 princes of the assembly, famous in the congregation, men of renown. Look at what they've already seen. They've seen the ten curses upon Israel. They've seen walking over the Red Sea on dry ground. They've seen the pillar of fire and smoke. They've seen all this. And now they want part of the action. They want to be the leaders. And they, they took the 50 princes of the assembly, 250 princes, and they gathered themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And they said to them, You take too much upon you, seeing all the congregation are holy, all of us are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them as well as you. Wherefore then, lift ye up yourselves. Why are you so important? Jealousy? You think so? Envy? You think so? And when Moses heard it, he fell upon his face. Oh, he just knew that God was going to do something. And it's not him. All he's ever done was obey the Lord and repeat what the Lord told him to say. And these people, the Israelite people, they go against Moses. This is like the third time. I counted it one time. but You lift yourselves above the congregation. Verse 5. And he gave unto Korah and unto all his company. And he spoke unto Korah and unto all his company saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show who are his and who is holy. Who's doing the speaking? Go back a verse. Moses. 
Moses is saying, okay, okay, okay. Now Moses has such a relationship with the Lord that he trusts him. He trusts him to take care of this situation. Okay, okay, 250 of you against me and Moses. And boys, Moses with God is a majority, even though they have 250 of the princes. They out, with Moses and God, they outnumber all the 250. Watch what happens. Wow. He fell on his face, verse 5, and he spoke unto Korah and unto his company of 250 princes, saying, Even tomorrow the Lord will show, show who are his and who is holy. And he will cause him to come near unto him. Even him whom he hath chosen will he cause to come near unto him. This do take you censers, Korah and all his company, and put fire therein. Now, a censer is one of those, you have to help me here. You have to tell me. It's a big stick with a bowl, and it's got oil in it, and it's a light. And my mind goes, goes to Hawaii and Tahiti and what are those things called? Tiki what? Tiki lamps. I like that. And maybe mosquito. We put mosquito stuff. Some things, John, you have them, don't you? Oh, I thought you did. You'll get some tiki lamps. He has the big fireplace outside, doesn't he? Okay. But that, that's what they've got. And Moses says, okay, go and get your people to have these tiki lamps. Oil in them, fire in them. But these tiki lamps that they have are what's called censers. And they represent a very, very special, having a very special relationship with God. The inner, the inner room of the temple was was decorated with the censers there. Put fire in them, put incense in them before the Lord tomorrow. And it shall be that the man whom the Lord chooses, he shall be holy. You take too much upon you, you sons of Levi. I don't know what, what spirit he said that in. I wonder, I wonder if you said, if you think I take too much on me, Wait till tomorrow. Moses said unto Korah, Here I pray you, ye sons of Levi. Verse 9. Seemeth it but a small thing to you that the God of Israel hath separated you from the congregation of Israel to bring you near to himself to do the service of the tabernacle of the Lord and to stand before the congregation to minister unto them. Okay, Korah was a Levi. That's where the priests all come from. Korah, a Levite, his job was to take care of the furniture in the tabernacle and to move it. When they packed up, when they packed up, they took all the furniture on those long poles and that was their job to take care of them. Oh my, this is so awesome. I'm not going to get to it. 
Can you give me another hour? Let's see if I can skip around. Moses sent to call Dathan and Abiram, the, the sons of Eliab, which said, we will not come up. Moses calls for them. Come up to the tent. No. No. They disrespected Moses. And when he calls for them, no, we're not coming. We don't need to come. Who made you our boss? Huh. I remember Angie and Jamie at a very young age. Angie was older by two years than Jamie. And she ruled over him at a very young age. But then at the age of like 10 or 12, he put his hands on his hips and he said, you're not my boss. And from then on, he was his own man. He broke away from his sister. That's what happened here. That's what happened here. No, we're not going to obey you. We're not going to respect your authority. We, verse 12, we will not come. Is it a small thing that thou hast brought us up out of the land that flows with milk and honey? That would be Egypt, according to them, to kill us in the wilderness? Except thou make thyself the prince over us all? So there's, there's their statements again. And they took every man, verse 18, and put fire in those censers. And they laid the censers. And they took the censers to the door of the tabernacle. And Korah gathered all the congregation. What a great speaker he was. What a great leader he was. He gathered all the congregation against them unto the door of the tabernacle. And the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the congregation. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, unto Aaron, saying, Separate yourselves from among this congregation. Get away from them. Get some distance. Now, I started to say they ran and got behind trees, but there's no trees in the wilderness. Maybe rocks. But he says, get away from them. Separate yourselves. Depart, I pray you, verse 26, from the tents of these wicked men. Touch nothing of theirs, lest you be consumed in all their sin. Now, let's skip ahead. Verse 28, Moses said, Hereby ye shall know that the Lord hath sent me to do all these works. This is what Moses says. For I have not done them of my own mind. It's not me, he's saying. And it's obvious it's not him. He says, if these men die the common death of all men, or if they be visited after the visitation of all men, then the Lord hath not sent me. But if the Lord make, now watch this, a new thing. Oh, Lord, give me a moment. But if the Lord will make a new thing, and this is, this is Moses speaking, and the earth Open her mouth and swallow them up with all, that, with all their belongings. And if they go down quick into the pit, then you shall understand that these men have provoked the Lord. Challenged the authority of God and God's leaders. 
Now, it's 7 o'clock. Obviously, I want you to go home and read the rest of the chapter. But if you look at verse 32, And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up and their houses and all the men that all their belongings and all their goods. They and all of their goods to them, verse 33, went down alive into the pit. And the earth then closed upon them, and they perished from among the congregation. If you look at verse 35, And there came out a fire from the Lord, and consumed the 250 men that offered incense. Lord Jesus, let us, let us worship you and your power and your decision and how you honored, you honored Moses with his request. Oh, the faith that he must have had to do that too. And Lord, I just pray that we would leave here awed by what will be coming as we teach the, the book of Revelation. These things are going to happen again. And again, ask you, Lord, to bless us. Help us, Lord, to worship you and to worship your power and to recognize it and to remember there is a price to pay for presumptuous sin. There is a price to pay for going against the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.